episode 40 of the Bentley and Manawal Variety Show. I'm Pro Wrestling's BFF Nick Manawal, joined always by... I am a professional wrestler known as Reed by God Bentley, not barbecue, just by God. It's we're three years into this, and you still seem to not, you don't understand what my name is. Yeah, but a ring announcer did recently uh, intro you as Reed by God Barbecue Bentley. I was also called uh, Reed by God Blown Up Bentley by Devin Moore this weekend. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, I was said ring announcer that announced you as Reed by God Barbecue Bentley. Yeah, and we know you wear a lot of hats. <laughs> I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. Episode 40, we are, uh, we've been doing this for 40 episodes. And uh, this week we're going to talk about the three IWA shows yep. that uh, I was at all three. You were at two. I yep. uh, started that Thursday night with In Like a Lion, packed, uh, stacked show. So definitely check it out on Small Market Video. Uh, at the Driftsonville Arena, uh, Joey Janela was in, Eddie Kingston was in, making his return to IWA. Uh, Ruby Rays and Shotzi Blackheart from California. Ludark was back from Mexico. Masada was in. Devin Moore was in. Uh, just a crazy good time. That was the show you did not attend. Yes, that was the one um, I did not come to. I was going to try to do all three shows, but just had some outside of the wrestling world stuff that I needed to tie up. Um, so I was there Friday for Stiff. Stiff. IWA Mid-South presents Stiff. The first Stiff happening in 2003, and it was Bad Breed, Brad, Bradley and Boz, and the Lancaster Twins in a three-way dance. Yes. And that's why it was called Stiff, because... Right. It went absolutely awry. <laughs> the Lancaster Twins got beat up, and that's all on uh, SM, SMVOD... Well, that's probably not on SMVOD, but it's on uh, smallmarketvideo.com. The VHS is available, and it was on the High Spots Wrestling Network. I'm not sure if it still is up on there or not, but uh, on Friday, you got to wrestle Eddie Kingston, one of your dream matches in pro wrestling. Yeah, for sure. That was um, one of the big ones to check off um, to kind of, you know, test myself against Eddie Kingston. Um, You know, he's very much... uh, uh, barometer. He's a he's a measuring stick. I feel like in the wrestling business, he's a who's who. You know, if you've not if you've not wrestled King, if you've not uh, done that, then you've not really done anything. Eddie Kingston's been around the block four or five times at this point. He's done a lot in the wrestling business. Still doing a lot in the wrestling business. So uh, it was a uh, it was a it was a very very uh, physical match. I think it definitely lived up to the name of the show. I think it very much was. Stiff. Um, so if they came for Stiff, then they were pleased because there was definitely a lot of that. There were back fists and rolling elbows and open hand slaps and, you know, just as if we'd known each other for years. And with that match, you won your spot in TPI 2017. I did. The stipulation was if I was able to beat Eddie Kingston, which I did, uh, via a rolling elbow and then a sliding D rolling elbow to the back of the head, um, I won my spot into this year's TPI. This will be my third TPI. I should probably update the event page with that information. Yeah, most likely. I believe also... Um, 
Well, no, there isn't any other updates because Myron Reed's stipulation in his match, the other Reed, um, the he lost the match by DQ after Marcus Everett ran in. Yeah, he did not beat Joey Janela um, in what was a good contest up until uh, Marcus Everett interjected himself. But uh, like a real asshole. Yeah, like a real asshole. Uh, he can do a Rubik's cube super fast though. So it's like a minute. 30 seconds or a minute, 20 seconds. Yeah, I mean, supposedly his IQ is really high, but, you know, a Rubik's Cube, it's just a gimmick to me. You don't really have to be smart, per se, to do it. It's just, right. you know, it's a pattern. There's a gimmick to everything. So, I uh, I think Marcus Everett's just a dum-dum. He did do a really, really cool um, dive on Saturday in the King of the Death opener yes. against Cole Radrick. Non-tournament. Yeah, non-tournament. Um, he just hung in the air it was just one of those he, he like he was just had a body suit on like one of those wing suits yeah. he just flying squirrel yeah man he looked like a human flying squirrel uh, he also did his flipping ddt destroyer off the top rope yep to call radrick to win that match uh random funny thing from friday i'm going downstairs to tell someone some information as i'm walking up the stairs i'm like hey that guy right there looks familiar hey that's fucking James Storm. What the fuck is James Storm doing here? And I uh, come to find out that he had a show in Lawrenceburg the next day. The next day. So he just made the trek up uh, to, uh, I, I imagine he stayed in Louisville or somewhere around there. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, just so he could go to Lawrenceburg the next day. Uh, wrestling for the good old WCCW, not World Class Championship Wrestling, but Wildcat Championship Wrestling, yep. under new management, not promoted by Santa Claus. Yes, booked by an idiot. I'm not sure uh, of the quality of the show or the outcome. I'm going to assume James Storm won whatever match he was performing in. I but will, uh, I will not assume, but know without a doubt that he was the most competent person as far as pro wrestling goes, in at least a 100-mile radius of Lawrenceburg. Uh, but, yeah, he was a super cool dude, yeah, super hilarious, cool. super funny. Uh, he gave a lot of really good um, really good critiques. He watched almost every single match on the show, talked to uh, almost every single guy and gal that wrestled that night, like was more than happy to extend his, his knowledge right. to anybody who and was willing to listen to that's him. That's a dude that's been doing it for so long but has also yeah. been doing it I believe on he's, he's tv said 20 years this year yeah I think he... been doing it on tv or uh a televised product yeah. since like 2002 so yeah. like he's been there you know even when he had that short break with uh tna he did a couple nxt shows and yep. was uh doing stuff there but yeah great dude hopefully we can like get him to perform on a future iwa yeah, show sure. in the very near future very, very but that, that just goes to show you like he wasn't on the show he just came to hang out fans got to see him fans got to take pictures with him you never know who's going to show up to an iwa show yeah uh he's also one of those dudes who is just uh, i mean you you can't really gauge someone before you know them like if you only know someone's um on-screen persona you know, it's it's hard to kind of assume that you're going to know, um, assume you're going to know how they are to actually hang out with. But uh, we ended up going out to uh, B-dubs after the show. That's where everyone went after party spot, you know, grab some drinks. They were none too happy uh, to see us rolling at midnight, even though they were open till 
one one thirty, I believe they were extremely upset that we had the the gall to come in an hour before close. Um, he was already there and had beers laid out for our entire table, the four or five of us that had been talking at the show and decided to go there. And then everyone kind of also followed. And I am not a, a normal, like average beer guy drinker. I'm not really like a, a domestics, uh, Coors Light, Miller Light, Bud Light kind of guy. I'm, you are not Mance Warner. No, I'm not light beers uh, and lariats by any means. You know, I, but you know, whatever. You know, at this point in my life, I'll if it's got alcohol in it, I'll drink it. You know, as opposed to previously straight edge Reed Bentley. Um, but just super. I already had like a you know 24 ounce um, super tall glass of Coors Light. Like you like Coors Light? Like hell yeah, sure. I sure do, James Storm. I love Coors Light. I'll be more than happy to drink that alcohol that you purchased I'm, I'm not gonna you know and it wasn't too bad you know so I, I might drink a few more Coors Lights now thanks to James Storm we um had at the whole table had a, a round of shots also at one point and then it was probably about 15 minutes after last call our waiter was super nice um you know the rest of the staff were not happy but our actual personal waiter super cool um he had uh, apparently his own private stash of I guess he was boozing at work um and took our empty shot glasses waited for his manager to leave the bar area filled them up with his his own private stash of whatever it was um which just it just tasted like hooch it was just like straight mooch uh and we all had a shot of that super great guy you know just so so many good stories like my favorite thing about wrestling at this point in my life honestly is is not even the wrestling. It's just the hanging out, talking to people, shooting the shit, sharing stories. So, um, yeah, he was full of, uh, tons of great stories that I am not at liberty to tell on this podcast. Right. Um, but super great guy. If you need someone statue of limitations yeah. and a lot of those stories have yeah. not ran out contractual yet. obligations. Um, so yeah, if you, if you need someone to really, uh, be a positive uh, influence on your show and someone that, you know, the fans are also obviously going to want to pay, uh, to see James storm is worth every dollar of whatever he's uh, charging at this point. I, I can guarantee that. So book James storm and Eddie Kingston against John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley. Yeah, that's exactly on- what I'm saying. Yeah. Book the DCC versus the rejects yeah. or uh, the, or book Brame as well. And then another person can book Nick Depp and can be three jacks. Yeah. Against- or Mance Warner. Either way, we will also sub in. Mance Warner doesn't realize it yet, but he is the fourth reject. Basically, right. he is—he's uh, interchangeable with Nick Depp. Yeah, because <laughs> he never runs out of gas. Yeah, he doesn't. He never runs out of gas. Never um, has the tire on his vehicle um, have to be changed when it's not flat. Um, he, you know, he handles his light beer really well he doesn't get belligerently drunk and yell at fans and scare them away from buying merch so you know was he doing that yeah he was just (laughs) he was fucking hammered man he i mean he was i I don't know he was loopy a little from the match because he he had a pretty gnarly cut on his leg i bandaged him up um it was kind of like one of those like uh like necro scoops you know like from like a chair or something um probably from the Judd Nelson driver, I'm guessing, through the chair's leg might have caught him. Um, But patched him up. You know, he lost a little bit of blood. You're always kind of a little tired after sweating and lightly drinking and then wrestling and, you know, blood. It's uh, death matches take a toll on you. Um, And 
then he got into a, a drinking contest with uh, Ludark, who um, I have seen drink almost everybody that she's ever drank against under the table in her multiple visits to the IWA Mid-South. So uh, she was going beer for beer and shot for shot with Nick Depp, and he stood no chance right. um, when he al- already had you know, a depleted amount of blood in his body. He, he stood no chance against Ludark. So... Um, it was it was definitely King of the Death was great. You know, I can't say enough good things about the show. We can run down the card uh, very quickly, not yeah. not give too much away. Yeah. Uh, King of the Death. By the time you have listened to this, will have already been to the editor, and hopefully will be released by the following Saturday. It happened on May twentieth, so hopefully by the twenty seventh, twenty eighth, maybe even twenty ninth, it it will be released on Small Mark Video and uh, smvod.com. Non-tournament action, Marcus Everett beat Cole Radrick, which we talked about a little bit before. Uh, Marcus Everett uh, has a bit of a new attitude and uh, did his flipping DDT Canadian Destroyer type maneuver to beat Cole Radrick off the top rope uh, in the non-tournament action. And then we had Jake Chris defeating Shane Mercer with Jason Saint and Eddie Kingston in a three-way dance. Uh, Crazy match. Uh, Eddie Kingston said he had never been picked up as seamlessly as Shane Mercer picked him up and threw him into the corner. Yeah, a lot of people don't, if they don't know Mercer, don't really understand how truly strong he is. He's not just a guy who's in shape. He's not just a guy that, you know, looks good or is kind of strong. He is legitimately one of, you know, the strongest people I've ever met in my entire life. He's not. Once he grips you up. You're yeah, there's, there's, no, um, there's no gimmick to it. There's no, um, he's made to look stronger than he is. If he chooses to uh, to pick you up and, and do so, if he chooses to pick a 400-pound man up and do a backflip, fallaway slam, moonsault and battery, He's gonna do it. I mean, there's no like he could stop working out yeah. and, and get fat and still be as strong as he is just yeah. because he's got that like corn fed like yeah he's just, strength like he he's he works more on he just the the looking good uh, without a shirt on is just a byproduct of right. how he strength trains. Right. I I don't think that he remotely trains to look good. He just happens to also <laughs> right. look good on top of. Uh, being super strong. I mean, the every time that he's announced and um, we talk about him holding Kentucky State weightlifting records, you know, that's that's no exaggeration. He really holds the bench press and uh, maybe squat or deadlift. I don't remember what all it is. He holds multiple, um, like, National Federation weightlifting records right. in the state of Kentucky. So he's a, he's a hoss for sure. Uh, round one, uh, we did the photo op. And round one, match one, was your match, Home Run Derby, Light Tube Fence, which just means light tubes were on the ropes. Yes. Uh, House of Horror, or not House of Horrors, Light Tube, uh, Light Tube match style, I guess yeah. you would say. Uh, just on the ropes with rubber bands, it was uh, yourself against John Wayne, against Nick Depp, against Ludark. Uh, Nick Depp was the first elimination, you were the second elimination, and then finally John Wayne eliminated Ludark to go on to the semifinals. Um, if you've ever wanted to see anyone get tombstone through a big screen TV, this is the match for you. One of the most absurd things I've ever seen in my life. Just, 
I've never like we've had some good luck with big screen TVs in our uh, career, I guess yeah. you would say, as commentators and uh, pro wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, you got to put Dale Patrick's through one a few years ago. Yeah. And uh, Nick Depp met his uh, demise. Yeah, just also one of those absolute moments of just under under pressure strength, you know, like mom lifting a car off of a baby right. type strength of um, me sitting on the apron, deadlifting Nick Depp up into tombstone position and standing, walking out onto the edge of this TV, hoping that... That was very sketchy. Hoping that my feet didn't go right. through it. Um, and then John Wayne jumped off the apron. We spiked tombstone. Right. Um, Nick Depp through this TV. It was pretty crazy. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was definitely, I, I can't wait to see footage of it for sure. Uh, sec- we beat him to death with water jug bats also True. at that point, which is like one of my, probably my favorite death match thing besides panes of glasses, water jug bats. Right. So, lots of good stuff. Uh, second match was fans bring the weapons. Uh, we have Aiden Blackheart against Dale Patrick's against Marcus Crane against Eric Ryan. Uh, Aiden Blackheart was the first one eliminated, followed by uh, Eric Ryan, and then finally Dale Patrick's pinned Marcus Crane to go on in that one. Uh, like we're gonna, it's gonna sound redundant, but every match was crazy. Every match was insane. It really was. Uh, the they you Dale Patrick's had a sick gash on his head from a guitar shot of all things. Yeah, full blown uh, like ninety degree, like a right angle, right in his head. You know about. Two inches. If, each you, way. if you are friends with him on Facebook, you can see the pictures before and after. He got thirty staples in his head. Uh, they used a uh, to eliminate Marcus Crane last. They propped up a board, a wood board with uh, Funko Pops on top of it, with thumbtacks glued onto the Funko Pops. And Dale Patrick's hit a pile driver through that to eliminate Marcus Crane last. Uh, Eric Ryan and and uh, Aiden did some insane stuff. Aiden put Dale on the steps with a bunch of light tubes and uh, did a back senton. This is like his new. That has been his shit. Like, yeah, his new uh, his new go to move with some deathmatch added to it. Yeah, people don't really comprehend either. I think what we're saying. I mean, he's running off of the steps or placed right. feet out from the apron. The person's just laying on these uncomfortable ass wooden or metal steps, yes. depending on the venue. Right. Um, and he's running and just full blown trust fall on. diving yeah. back sent on, you know, full weight down on this poor human. Uh, the next match, Log Cabin, Four Corners of Pain. We had Jeff King, G Raver, Devin Moore, and Mance Warner. Uh, Jeff King was the first guy eliminated, followed by G Raver. And then Devin uh, defeated Mance Warner to go out to the semifinals. I say as I yawn, uh, Log Cabin of Glass. Time yeah. On this podcast. Log Cabin of Glass, Four Corners of Pain. Uh, the damned, like, uh, I think from this point on, maybe from the second match, second death match on, uh, Eddie Kingston joined myself and Big B from the Back Row Hecklers on commentary. Yeah. So if you are a fan of Eddie Kingston commentary, this is definitely a DVD to pick up. He did do uh, the main event on Friday night yep. of that three-way with Masada, Jake Chris, and John Wayne Murdoch. Yep. This was, oh, they're cutting the grass or something outside. I was like, what is that? Yeah, that, sound, that <laughs> sounds like a bulldozer more than the grass right. being cut. Uh, so, yeah, if you like Eddie Kingston commentary of, of years past for IWA Mid-South, 
uh, Necro Joe, all the King of the Death matches that he was uh, able to attend. Definitely pick up this DVD. Uh, a lot of people were surprised to see Devin Moore make it uh, to the semifinals. It's been a while. It's yeah. been it's been quite some time. You know, he won the tournament in 2008. And uh, every the what finals, finals in 2010, yeah, uh, against, semis in 2011. Yes, I believe he went to the finals against JC Bailey, which JC won. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been quite a while since Devin uh, made it to the semis. Uh, so uh, Jeff King and, and Mance Warner uh, set up a mousetrap pit on some sketchy like flea market chairs that were like broken and did a superplex through like off the top rope to the floor and like they hit nothing but like the edge of the pit and it was so disgusting and they both were like down on the ground for like five minutes after that yeah and uh you know afterwards i asked jeff king i was like man that superplex was you know gnarly as hell yeah he said superplex wasn't too bad but uh you know i got i got bypassed and, uh, you know, sent out of the ring Chris Hamrick style before all that. And that hurt more than anything else in the match. So, right. so. Was uh, the superplex to the outside? Yes, so, to okay. the outside, to the floor. Okay, from like in the ring over or no, actually like, out of the corner. Yeah, out of the corner. Oh, so it was like a long fall. Yeah. And then they like. Super duper rough. They didn't have the, uh, the, the board break or anything. It just was like, they like skidded almost. Yeesh. Uh, so that was gnarly. Uh, like we said, Devin Moore won that one. And then the next match was the Great American Barbecue Deathmatch. Which uh, a lot of people were asking me about. Right. And I could only make assumptions until setup started. I assumed hot coals, you know, things like that. And that, you know, luckily was what right. it was. I uh, <laughs> Past that, I, I had no idea what it right. could have been. Uh, that match being hot coals, there was watermelon, there was barbecue sauce, and hot sauce, a spicy barbecue sauce at that. There were skewers uh, because Masato was in this match. Uh, there was a thumbtack beach ball. Uh, just assorted stuff you would find at a barbecue or a pool, por- pool party. Pool pork. Pool porky. <laughs> uh, Brad Cash versus Masada versus Bryant Woods versus Ricky Shane Page. And uh, I believe they'll. Not Ricky Champagne, yeah. as some of our fans thought he was called. Uh, Brad Cash, first one eliminated. Bryant Woods, second one eliminated after taking the fall into the lit coals. Yeah, uh, Powerbomb, I believe, out of yeah, the corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, super disgusting. You could smell the burnt flesh. You could see the, the burns and blisters already forming on the back of Bryant Woods. He was up briefly uh, on Facebook because he's an idiot, um, but it, it's been taken down since, so you're going to have to buy the DVD. Sorry if you didn't quickly catch it on Facebook. I did not I did not catch it. I didn't even know it was uh, on there. Ricky Shane Page then uh, defeated Masada to go on to the semifinals, which was, I think, the shocker of the tournament. I think For a sure. lot of people, like the crowd was kind of like stunned and then like, whoa. Yeah, people were, people were very surprised, I believe, that uh, Ricky Shane Page made it past Masada because um, – I feel like a lot of people at this point underestimate Masada after he's been in the game for so many years. Won so many tournaments. Yeah, he's done just about everything there is to do as far as death matches go. Um, but he's still so incredibly over with the people. He's he's constantly a name that's asked for. People still um, want to see Masada do big things and still believe in his ability to do big things. He gets a 
insane ovation at any deathmatch show I've ever been on with him. So, pretty big win for for Ricky Shane Page. Uh, round we go to intermission after that. Round two comes back with barefoot carpet strips, gusset plates, and thumbtacks with the John Wayne Murdoch beating Dale Patrick's uh, with the Koji clutch. And I believe he had a gusset plate on the head of Dale Patrick's as he as was he yeah. as he was doing the Koji clutch. But these guys, uh, you know, barefoot. Went through the thumbtacks, went through the gusset plates. They went even went through a, a pane of glass, yeah. barefooted, which I had never seen before. And uh, Kingston was on commentary, and he says, the craziest thing about panes of glass is you don't know how this glass is going to break. Right. So, and... Uh, it's very unpredictable. Very unpredictable, and, and it was just long shards of glass once they went through it. So yeah. that was super sketchy. Uh, what In your match... Uh, there was oboe handed you like the nunchucks with the beer bottles. Yes. And there was thumbtacks and then salt in those as well or something. Um, I'm not sure about someone. Salt. I know someone, there was thumbtacks in it for sure. Someone was, else said they thought there was like a rubbing alcohol in one or I, something. I think he said overall it was two or three thousand thumbtacks right. combined in the bottles. Uh, I was planning on smashing them over Ludark's head, but she uh, gave me the old flare bump off the top and mm-hmm. then took the bottles together and broke them like she was at a rock and roll show and thumbtacks and broken beer bottle glass was all over me. And she uh, delivered some double knees to my nose and gut. Uh, she had a very, I don't know how she did it, but uh, right. very she somehow, on the yeah, knees. it was a very V'd out knees. Cause I got hit in almost the dick and the nose at the same time. <laughs> uh, the, the second semifinals was the Whack Packer Hogan Box of Death yeah. Barbar Boards Tape Deathmatch. I had to show some love to our fallen brother, Whack Packer Hogan. I think it more than lived up to uh, what Whack Packer Hogan would have wanted out of a deathmatch. Oh, match. absolutely. It was just incredibly, uh, incredibly difficult to have a deathmatch show, to have a King of the Death and Whack Packer Hogan not be there. I don't know that in the last five years of four or five years, at least of me doing death matches that black Packer Hogan hasn't been there for one of them almost right. other than, you know, your random IWA shows. I mean, right. I haven't been to a death match tournament in the last four years that black Packer Hogan's not been at. He's been doing it. You know, he's been going to shows longer than most dudes in the game had been wrestling, right. you know, at this point. So it was very, very, uh, very somber. So, I mean, we all miss you, buddy. We, uh, the box of death contained a cheese grater, a pizza cutter, muffins, of course. Uh, there was lighter fluid and a lighter in there mm-hmm. because Hogan always yelled for fire. But, always. But sadly, uh, due to the sprinkler system in the flea market, there could not be any fire uh, to be had. But uh, both Devin and uh, RSP opened up the muffins, uh, <laughs> uh, chewed them up, spit them on their opponents, on, on each other. <laughs> And, uh, you know, on commentary, I'm like, oh, no. And I think Devin at one point force-fed Ricky Shane Page a muffin. And I said, oh, no, he could die. He could choke to death. We don't know how dry those muffins are. And you would have <laughs> you would have thought Eddie Kingston was so offended by this call of, of me being worried that uh, RSP was going to choke to death on a dry muffin. He was so offended by this call. Eddie, oh, Eddie Kingston, uh, after the first round, then... Uh, also was doing commentary, but then also took over ring announcer duty. He did. Uh, uh, DJ Eric was losing his voice, and uh, Eddie Kingston 
just decided that he wanted to do uh, ring announcing. So Ricky Shane Page um, requesting to be announced as the Bailey of death matches. Yes. And I don't know that I'd ever seen a person more offended than Eddie Kingston when, when I relayed this that. information. Yes. I, it was it was very much up in the air as to whether or not he was <laughs> going to announce uh, Ricky Shane Page as such. Uh, Ricky Shane Page beat Devin with a fucking super bomb off the top rope through a barbed wire board. That was absolutely insane. Uh and then we went to the finals in the House of Horrors match, which wasn't the traditional House of Horrors. We had some new uh, weapons to be added. We had the uh, barbed wire X to hang up the light tubes. Yep. But we also had a panel of like barbed wire, like a barbed wire cage on one bar- side. Yeah, like a wall of barbed wire, uh, essentially. And then we had a giant light tube like platform on, like a table, like yeah. a light tube table. Uh, yeah, but no table underneath of it. A table constructed completely of light tubes yes, on yes. top. Yes, yes. It was just a wood a frame. What and would you say? Uh, like 40 light tubes. At least 40 light tubes. I, this it thing was, was massive. It went almost to the front row. Right. There was, uh, there was multiple pictures online. And, uh, you know, the IWA page will share those as the photographers throw them up. But, uh, yeah, that was probably the most uh, insane thing I've ever seen. Just so many light tubes. Uh to be thrown through we had all hands on deck uh to put up this uh main event we had we had guys not even on the show like paul melton from the roaring elbow academy uh student of ricky shane page helping out we had you know of course harbo uh, jake chris is up there stringing barber uh just people you would never think you would see um in the deathmatch arts yeah, putting it together myself and jake chris strung some mean no rope barbed wire on those two sides, it was uh, pretty tight, as they say. Right, and uh, like usually, you like I, I know in the past, uh, probably not so much at IWA, but uh, when you don't have adequate help for like a death match, and you have to put up so much stuff, yeah, it takes forever, and the fans are just being drained. Yeah, it Plus, really it was takes hot. Out of the main event, yeah, it was know? hot. It was hot. It wasn't as hot as uh, the past two nights at the arena. Right, because it like started downpouring at in Memphis, yeah. So that kind of cooled down, yeah. Kind of cooled down uh, everything, but uh, yeah. And then uh, it was the rubber match for Ricky Shane Page and John Wayne Murdoch as they had met at Kings of the Crimson Mask on or in January, which is on DVD. You can check out on Swarmark Video uh, or SMVOD.com, which John Wayne Murdoch as IWA champion retained. And Kings of the Crimson Mask. And then they had a um, match at, I believe it was called IWA Super Battle Mm -hmm. uh, in uh, Jeffersonville uh, at the arena in a straight-up wrestling match with which Ricky Shane Page was the victor in that one. And I do not believe that one is out on DVD yet. A little little backlog. Yeah, we had to... uh, We got a new uh, editor, and then something happened. He's a college kid. He... He had finals, all this stuff. So then we found a new editor. But while we were finding new editors, we had to kind of pick and choose what we had to release, what we what we wanted to release. And sadly, that was one of the shows that were was pushed back to get out. Shows like uh, the Candido Cup, uh, shows with uh, more uh, more established stars, more. Uh, Stars that people want to see, like the Ugly Ducklings, like 
Timmy Lou Retton and OI4K and Trey Miguel and Zachary Wentz, Desmond Xavier, all those guys. So we kind of had to pick and choose, but if, you know, uh, there's a guy on Twitter who gets every single IWA DVD. He's been yeah. a fan for 20 years, yeah. and he always hit, hits me up like, "Hey, is this show ever gonna come out?" <laughs> and I was like, "Guy." It will come out. Yeah. I can't promise you when it will, but every show will come out. Every show is taped yeah. uh, by Nick Manawa Productions nowadays. Uh, it will eventually come out, but I cannot promise you the time frame of it coming well, out. We were, we were talking about um, Hybrid Cup from right, right, last right. year still not being right. out that on was, DVD. And that was when we didn't have a... Uh, we didn't have a regular editor. No. Uh, one of the wrestlers was going to try his hand at editing. That didn't work out. So then we found another editor, yada, yada, yada. You know how it is with pro wrestling. For sure. Uh, but uh, in the finals of King of the Death matches, as we got sidetracked there, right. uh, Ricky Shane Page defeated John Wayne Murdoch to to break the tie and to win the crown of King of the Death matches 2017. Uh, I forget what, what the end the end game the end game was um there was the was it the brain buster pulling it down all down no, i believe it was a choke breaker uh on the, oh multiple choke breakers yeah, multiple choke breakers uh, um they did go through that giant uh light tube contraption with the deep south destroyer yep, so. they went ricky shane page actually went through the barbed wire wall over there um to the floor um they used the gusset plates they used the the light tubes hanging up uh, just some insane, insane stuff to be seen. Like I said, hopefully that is out by the time you listen to this. Uh, I don't know exactly when I'm going to release this as we're recording it, right. but hopefully very soon because it's been uh, quite a while. It's been almost a month, I think, right. since we recorded a uh, a Reed Bentley Nick Manawa variety show. 428 was the last one, so. Yeah, <coughs> If you haven't already, check out WrestleMania episode one. More episodes of that coming out. Yep. Speaking, of, especially if you're liking all this deathmatch talk, that first right. episode is with our good friend Fat Corey. He relays to Manawa all the um, craziness, to put it mildly. Uh, that is a Carnage Cup. Yes, Carnage Cup eleven. He went, so you didn't have to go. So, and there you, you go. can just hear the stories. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else has been happening uh, in our lives? Uh, have we had any good food lately? Any good? Yeah, we get to this. Is what a lot of people, right? Um, what a lot of people like, yeah, because you know anyone can talk about wrestling. But apparently, as uh, two lazy fat bald guys, um, our opinion on TV shows and food and music, Shack. yeah, yeah, we finally did. We talk about that in the last podcast. We finally got to try Shrimp Shack, which I think we, I think we did talk about it because we talked about the Ice Cream Shack. Probably, yeah, because it... But I mean, we had Shrimp Shack again, or I had Shrimp Shack again yeah, yeah. since then. It was, um, I, it's just one of those, like, you know, hole-in-the-wall type places you go by, but it was, I don't know if we talked about it or not, but it was just impossible to get into at first, right. because we they had a very hours, odd yeah. schedule every time that me and Manawa would try to go while Jess was at work, because we usually like to try and do things without her, <laughs> um... It was closed, or you know, it was just a very, very. But once we got it, totally worth it. Um, Me and Jess had that the other day with uh, Junior. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of. We've tried. We've done a couple of. Uh, we've done plenty of food reviews lately. We've only dropped a couple of them, but we have right. a few more in the can. So yeah, I need to put. We're a... getting into those again more. We tried yesterday, the uh, firework 
Oreos. Yes, not for our food review. Yeah, not for our food food review, just for our own personal fatness. Um, Really, really good. I didn't know until I was putting it into my mouth and Nick Manoa said it, that it was Pop Rocks. I thought it was just crunchy pieces. Yeah, just crunchy, you know, just some texture. But apparently, and it was, it was Pop Rocks. Um, So it made me want to give the baby a a whole thing of actual Pop Rocks and see his reaction. (laughs) He didn't really... uh... He yeah, he, he wasn't selling the, the Pop Rocks. Too. Didn't really put over the Pop Rocks. Uh, I'm trying to think of the after, I think, Friday. Sh- no, it was after, I think it was after King of the Death Matches. Me and Jess had a drive through had Arby's, mm-hmm. and we got a large chocolate shake to split. And we get up there, and the woman's like, I've made a mess. And Jess is like, it's really hard for me not to say anything perverted right now. <laughs> and then... Uh, she hands us a drink, and it's. I wanted to get a game fuel uh, Mountain Dew, the right. cherry game fuel, because I had never had one out of a fountain before. Arby's exclusive. Arby's exclusive, if you didn't know that. Uh, so they hand us a drink. It's a regular Mountain Dew. They cannot take stuff back through the window. So we got a regular Mountain Dew and a game fuel. And then as we're about to leave, we get our food. Uh, she hands us another large chocolate shake and said, I made too much. Here, you can have this one. So uh, we had originally planned to only have the one large chocolate shake as a, you know, we split it. Yeah. And then we had to find something uh, to do with this other. And, like, it, it's probably like a 20-ounce shake. Yeah. It was a large, it was, it was like a large Starbucks cup with the little dome it on it. It was very big. Um, I came home uh home i came to nick and jess's home um a little after them i went out after king of the death obviously got some food um and then went to a watering hole with marcus crane uh briefly uh and came home very much tired and partially inebriated and ready to go to bed and had a real moral dilemma of whether or not i was going to eat this extra roast beef sandwich that was on the counter because the way i look at it is uh, Manawan Beesneys have known me for, uh, you know, seven years at this point. Good Lord. Yeah, uh, almost a decade, three quarters of a decade. They've known me, and they know full well that if they didn't want me to eat something, it should not have been out just gawking at me. You know, they told me that there was an extra chocolate shake I could have. Um, they didn't mention the roast beef, so I had a real walked back and forth between the kitchen and the couch multiple times until I finally just ate it. Um, because, you know, if that's what Jess was planning on eating for her lunch at work the next day, she she could be a big girl and go get something. Totally worth it, too. Totally worth that risk because it was a good roast beef sandwich. That was just like one of the sliders, too. No, it wasn't. It was it was like a full-blown – you said that before. It was like a – That's what she ordered was a slider. Yeah, that she got like a full – like it might have been like a, a junior, but it wasn't oh, a slider. Oh, I see. It might have been a junior, and it may be my, my, st- my eyes and my stomach right. and bigness and whatever. But. Well, I think she – like she ordered two sliders, yeah. so I don't know. I got a roast beef double. Yeah. And my God, the amount of meat uh, on this thing. Yeah, man. Uh, it was – which I appreciate because, like we talked about, Arby's is like the most expensive fast food. Yes. So I mean, if you shortchange me at Arby's, my anger, you know. Right. Yeah. Like I like to get a a roast beef max, but turn it into a beef and cheddar, you know, because they don't really have a a huge on the beef and cheddar. Oh, I see. I think they used to. Was that like what the big Montana was? That was like a super big 
I think uh, the big Montana was just roast beef. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I couldn't remember. That was. Uh, but so you would just no get Arby's in so Pike you, County. Yeah, <laughs> so you would just get the cheese sauce to put on it. Yeah, well, and I wanted the bun too, so I would just make them t- like you know do a roast beef max, but as a beef and cheddar. Oh, I see. Because I wanted that amount of meat, of and course. That, uh, what's the onion bun or whatever yeah, it is? Because yeah, I mean that's where it's at. You know, I'll the Arby's it. sauce. I yeah, can, I'm not big on the RB sauce yeah, and the beef and cheddar. Like, I just want I don't the meat mind and cheese. It, like, because sometimes they forget it. You know, the, right. the, the cheese is the big thing. Right. Which, um, speaking of, we had some delicious white cheese queso for chicken tacos yesterday. Yes. Uh, chef, chef de cuisine Nick Manawa whipped up some uh, some killer tacos yesterday, and uh, Big B of the Back Row Hecklers recommended some white cheese sauce that we picked up at Kroger. Uh, excellent excellent weekend of wrestling and food, honestly. Right. I mean, other than the fact that uh, I shit six times the day of King of the Death um, <laughs> due to a late night meal of, uh, of B-dubs, booze, and then egg sandwich breakfast from McManawa. <laughs> I mean, uh, and, I and leftover white and two leftover white castles so in the middle of the night. Had that on, a, I had that on Thursday night. So on the I way mean, home. yeah, I took six, diet. yeah, six quality dumps. Um, <laughs> before sure the fans want to hear about your poops. Yeah, but I mean, I did. I'm super regular already. Like, if I, and I'm sure if you listen someone, to this, I've probably told you at some someone, point. Someone, uh, I poop some, like three times a day. Someone that went to B Dubs was like, "Man, that made me sick. Like, like, like I threw up." Yeah. See, uh, a couple other people, two or three other people that went with us that night said that. So I feel like they, I feel like they fucked with our food because oh, thanks. Because you came in so late. Well, I mean, like I said, though, it wasn't even really that late. Well, it was before midnight, right. and they opened till one. One thirty, so they were probably only open till twelve, and it was no, like they, no. They, we we double checked because we Clarksville is five minutes from Louisville, but it's still in Indiana. It's still across the bridge, and they just don't operate on the same right. late night weekend schedule um, that Louisville does. So I mean, we had to Google four or five places, um, but yeah, it was really good weekend of, of food, and food and wrestling. You know what we have now? We have a commercial from our friend Jared Cheek at Flannel Graph Records. Who did attend King of the Death. Who did atten- attend King of the Death. It was good to see him. But uh, check out Flannel Graph Records commercial right... Hey, this is Jared from Flannel Graph Records in Bloomington, Indiana. If you visit flannelgraphrecords.com and enter the code BNMVS, you can save 30% on anything you want. That includes vinyl, tapes, CDs, MP3s, shirts, stickers, all kinds of crap. Again, that code is BNMVS to save 30% on anything at flannelgraphrecords.com. It's just lovely, wasn't it? Flannelgraphrecords.com. Uh, I believe he's even thrown in a discount for listening to this podcast. So definitely, if you have anything, they have that uh, Mike Adams at his honest weight, Mick Foley uh, Christmas record, I believe it was. Uh, If you like... uh, If you're into any kind of... um, Indie rock. Obscure music or um, like analog type productions. Um, I mean, he has a lot of cassettes and vinyls. Um, He does a lot of... Uh, new media on old media, you know. Right, so right. I mean, if you're into any, which I like, I love collecting cassettes and things like that. What, uh, he also buys up masters of 
um, old music that either is potentially going to be destroyed, you right. know, like at estate sales from uh, like Midwest musicians that he finds out about or stuff that people just haven't heard in years, um, remasters it and, you know, puts it out. Stuff that has been lost. People haven't right. heard it for 20 or 30 years, kind of like, um, like if you watch the, I believe it was Blue Valentine, a Ryan Gosling movie. He's a, you know, musician and everything. He, what a reference. Penny, uh, it's a good movie. Uh, Penny in the Quarters. There was a You and Me song on there. Uh, you know, the shit was just sitting. They were like a failed, um, like soul era musicians and it was just sitting in a you know garage for 20 years no one had listened to it and then all of a sudden it's in this you know famous hollywood actor right. director's movie and so he's, he's do you very think much it's been on the top of the charts since 2003 not. like no. mr Brightside? no yeah it definitely hasn't that blew my mind when you definitely told me check that. out that uh i think there's a vice article that uh Mr. Brightside by the Killers has been on the charts since like 2003, 2004 in the UK, in the UK and has continued, has never left the charts, uh, and even got as high as like number 42 in the last what couple uh, of years, yeah, in like 2015. Yeah, uh, oh, there was something else. And there was another one too that was on there for a long time. Oh, that like Fleetwood, a, a Fleetwood, Mac yeah, Fleetwood song. Mac from like 72 that had never left the. There was something else music related that I couldn't, I, uh, I can't remember now uh stuff that we're watching on uh tv and stuff we got we're watching that chris uh gethard uh comedy special on uh hbo hbo which is career suicide yes which is almost too heavy but it's also like hilarious too if you're into that uh mike berbiglia vein of comedy it's very much along those lines it's very serious message overlaid on some comedy uh you know Mark Maron type talking right. about personal issues. So if you're into that kind of comedy, um, you've already powered through it, I believe. But I'm watching Master of None season two. I have not. I've oh, only, have you? I've not? only seen two episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't so, gotten to the the part where they're talking about wrestling. Oh, okay. See, I, I'm only one episode in, so we're Don't almost on the same page. I, you know what I did? I the first episode is just like in black and white. Right. I skipped it. Didn't watch it. <laughs> just, I was like, I can't. I just can't. I was like, <laughs> I don't care. Whatever. Like, I get what you're going for, right. Aziz, but like, I can't. And it was like, it, like none of the none of the episodes really connect. Like, you can all watch. Like, they, yeah, there, there's underlying right. ep, uh, issues and, and relationships and stuff I like that. I thought about that. I almost did a rewatch of season one. Right. But I kind of thought to myself that there's usually only, kind of like Mark Maron's uh, IFC show, there's only really one overreaching theme, right. you know, like him and the girl, you know, right. or uh, like in Maron's last season, it was him and um, the kid that he had fostered with the lesbian couple down the street and all like, you know, so there's usually only one overarching story. Everything's definitely yeah, a, a great couldn't. standalone. I just, I just couldn't. And once I like, I kept like, I skipped a little bit to see like, okay, when does it go into color? And then I just kept skipping and it would never went in. And I was like, well, let's start with episode two. Yeah. Uh, I watched mommy deadest and dearest uh, on HBO. It's a documentary, a really crazy fucked up thing about, uh, this mother having Munchausen syndrome and her daughter uh, saying her daughter's sick, but her daughter's not sick, and just all this stuff. They they scam so many people, uh, so much people out of money, and then uh, the mom ends up and dead. The girl had no idea, right? The girl, or at first, yeah, at the, first, the girl really uh, thought she was sick, right? And it's just it's just a crazy thing to 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 think that like a parent at, of all things can right. uh, make 
you, you know, your kid believe that she's that they're sick and dying and you know, you're scamming people out of money. But uh that's on HBO. I have an HBO Go account. So yeah, definitely check that out on Netflix. I watched uh what was the uh I watched Tracy Morgan's newest special uh which was pretty good. And then there was another spe- oh, the um David Tell? No, um What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Oh, the Norm Macdonald new special. Norm Macdonald, yeah. See, I did watch that one. Uh, you talked about it. Yeah, that's. I still fucking... need to watch Tracy Morgan's just to hear the, um, the Walmart story. Right. <laughs> uh, Tracy Morgan's is great. Uh, Norm Macdonald's is great. I started watching that one night after an IWA Thursday, and it was so funny. But I just could not make it all the way through. I had to watch it the next day, and I believe I watched it. I've watched it three times since then. The new MTV Challenge show, yeah. uh, Pros versus Veterans, with all the road rules, uh, real world veterans against uh, pro athletes. CM Punk is I on was that. Say, is that the show that Punk is Punk on? is on that? Yeah. Uh, so definitely check it out. Sean Merriman has uh, his episode aired yet? It's like a like they live in a house. Oh, so he's so in it's the whole like season. the whole season oh, until wow. like because you know they eventually get kicked You're off right, or whatever, right, right. or if you make it to your finals or whatever. Wow, but uh. Yeah, I was. I, I believe I was thinking Dave Attell um, when we were trying to think of who that other special was because when I was at the bar a couple of weekends ago after IWA, there was some guy trying to explain to this girl he was hitting on at the bar who Dave Attell was and how funny uh, Insomniac was. Uh, uh, so was he, it Dave Attell? <laughs> was it Dave Attell telling the lady who he was? Oh, I thought you meant was the girl Dave Attell. No, no. <laughs> um, no it, it, it was not. It was a. A uh, relatively young guy, probably younger than me. So, I mean, I was in like middle school, I want to say. Yeah, I was in middle school too. When Insomniac was on, so he was explaining the, uh, yeah, you know, it would only air between, the, he would only go out between these certain hours and he would do late night shows. And she's just like, yeah, I get it. Like, I understand what Insomnia is. Like, you're not really telling me like why he's so funny. Right, right, So right. it was not landing. He right. was, he even pulled the bartender in like, yeah, you know, David Terry's like, yeah, yeah, Insomniac. Yeah, he's really funny. And then walked off to go like take care of a paying customer. So, right. Uh, I think that's why I had David Tell in my head. <laughs> Uh, other stuff we've been watching a lot of wrestling. Yep, they had the UK special um, on the network, which is pretty good. Uh, our friends Mark Andrews and Pete Dunn performed on that. It was uh, Mark Andrews and Tyler Bate for the UK title, which was an excellent match. Yep. And then Pete Dunn and Trent Seven yes. to win the spot at Takeover Chicago. Which uh, spoiler alert, Pete Dunn won. Uh, so hopefully you can get it in that like 0.2 seconds. You paused, uh, but not for as long right. as I thought you were going to. Uh, and then we watched uh, NXT Takeover, which uh, Heidi Lovelace performed on. Yep. In in Chicago. And our speaking of uh, Pete, he absolutely destroyed the world with uh, with Tyler Bate uh, at Takeover. At Takeover, yeah, it was um, just insane. I, I think it was you were telling me Meltzer said something along the lines of. You can turn the show off now because nothing's going to top that. I mean, he was 100% right. I mean, it was match two of TakeOver, and it just uh, – it was everything good about pro wrestling. It was everything, um, especially with two guys so young. I mean, Pete's 
what, 23, I think. Tyler Bates, 20. You know, I mean, they've been doing it for a decade each, you know, at least because, you know, they've been doing it in the UK. But it was everything good about pro wrestling. So if you don't make time to watch an entire uh, two-hour special or whatever it was, hour special, uh, take time to, to watch that specific match go out of your way to see it. Uh, yeah, but overall that show was pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah it really was top uh, to bottom. And it it float, it floated by like you you yeah. wasn't looking at your watch or anything. It was the perfect um, perfect place to have um, Ruby Riot make her yes. uh, like takeover debut. You know, it was the first big how show hard, for her. How hard did you have to try to not say Ruby Riot's uh, government name right there. Very hard. It's extremely difficult. I have done it while wrestling her before uh, because it's just so second nature. Right. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it was super great to see that. Chicago was obviously um, very close to Indiana, very right. close to around where she's from, but yeah. it was more so the town that really made her who she was as right. a wrestler, the, the promotions that she worked for there. So it was uh, very heartwarming. Uh, we also got to see... Uh, our good friend Drake Younger's extreme tan. Yes, um, the man was looking like peanut brittle. Like he he was <laughs> <laughs> he was so dark. His wife on Facebook actually asked him why he was so orange <laughs> in a picture called after the out. show. Yeah, called also, him out. Also, too. Speaking of Drake, congratulations. Yesterday was yesterday, as far as the recording of this goes, was two thousand days of sobriety for drake younger so um that's a very very awesome achievement very you could say that he started at the bottom now he's there yeah you could say that i wouldn't but you could uh and then last night we had backlash uh hit or miss show but nothing was too offensive we got to see jinder mahal win his first wwe title yeah i very Uh, much like the direction they're going with that i i know it's a tried and true argument but i hate people who are constantly complaining about everything and asking for something new, and then something new happens. And uh, about it. yeah, you know, it, it's just enjoy it. Just watch the show. Try to look at it. Even business sense aside of what they're trying to do and branching out into the India market, which no one has really ever captured. You know, there was Rinka King, which never got its legs under it. Uh, multiple individual promoters have done tours with you know varying degrees of success right. over the years, and. Um, you know who else was it? Uh, there were the business they attempted to do with Kali. You know, like editing the shows and stuff. I mean, right. it, it never really. As uh, what is it? Two billion people, one point five to two billion people. Um, you know that they could tap into as far as uh, productivity and making money goes. So I, I don't understand uh, what anyone's. It, but even all that aside, business right. sense aside, it's something different. He's a pretty much homegrown guy. He, Ginger Mahal was no one. Um, you know, yeah, to, he was Canadian not an indie dude. darling. Yeah, he was just you know, a Canadian dude. Yeah, so I mean, he's a, a almost self-made WWE guy. So, you know, it's something different. It's better than. It also shows that if like you're super stale, like go away for a few years and come back. Drew McIntyre, do something different. Yeah, Cassius Ono, Jinder Mahal, anyone else that's ever came back from you know having right. a less than stellar run the first right. time. You know, so I have people, but you know. Uh, Humans, especially wrestling fans, are prone to complain about everything, everyone for whatever reason. It doesn't seem like, I guess because there's that entertainment aspect in wrestling, it doesn't seem like there's too many other sports where um, 
fans critique the product so heavily of right. to what they would have done better. It, it, wrestling that is damn Twitter. Yeah, it's the internet, man. Wrestling definitely thinks. Uh, wrestling fans seem to think that they always know or could do better rather than just it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't the moonsault that killed wrestling it was social media yeah well the one single one individual wrestling move was the moonsault right. according to jake roberts right uh i think that's pretty much it uh trying to keep these under an hour nowadays yes, so we don't ramble on and on and on uh definitely check out the time killer apparel uh commercial at the end of this uh, to get you some new digs. Uh, like we said, IWM Mid-South, King of the Death Matches, Stiff, and In Like a Lion will all be released on DVD. Uh, I almost said VHS. Uh, MP4 and VOD very soon. Uh, IWM Mid-South runs two shows in southern Indiana every single week. One in Clarksville, Indiana, right over the bridge from Louisville, and one in Memphis, Indiana, which is about 16 miles from the bridge in Louisville. Memphis, we can get a little bit more crazy, uh, more of the rugged IWA Mid-South that you've come to love from like the Charlestown era. Uh, Thursday's more of the straight wrestling, strong style, technical, comedy, whatever uh, can do besides the hardcore wrestling our, aspect. Our week-over-week week building right. kind of shows. With that said, I think that's about it. Uh, like we said, check out... Uh, FlannelRefRecords.com, one of our sponsors. Uh, TimeKillerApparel.com, one of my sponsors. Uh, check out the other podcasts on the network. The Russell Manawa, uh, about to start with the 1995 rewatch series of all the pay-per-views. Uh, the episode with Fat Corey talking Carnage Cup. We got uh, Back Row Hecklers coming out with episode 99. And then finally episode 100 of the back row hecklers on the same uh, feed. Uh, and that's pretty much about it for the BNMVS podcast network. Uh, check out the food reviews that we're throwing up. Uh, follow You can follow me at Nick Manawa on all social media, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, uh, whatever you can have at uh, a username. I am at Nick Manawa. Uh, same here. You can follow me on everything. All those things that he mentioned at the Reed Bentley, the Reed Bentley, however you like to say it. The only thing that's different is my Pro Wrestling Tees store, which is ProWrestlingTees.com slash Reed Bentley. No the. Um, there is a new design that I threw up on there not too long ago. Uh, it is uh, Wrestling's Not Dead. You are um, in some bloody font on a black shirt. Um, there are a I've got a couple of new ones that are show exclusives right now, like the grotesque one with the, my busted open head on it, the word fake on top of it, um, and a couple other things I'll be uh, putting out soon, but I will most likely be throwing uh, every design uh, that I haven't put up yet, like the perfectly decent professional wrestler uh, from last year, the one I just mentioned, a couple of new ones, they will all eventually be up um on pro wrestling tees in addition to being available at shows the only thing that won't be um are my bentley 316 shirts because uh there are no wwe ripoff uh shirts allowed on pro wrestling tees. especially the stone cold one since he has his own yeah, store yeah. just because of conflicts of interest there obviously um but i will be having some tie-dye bentley 316 tank tops for the summer coming out uh, myself and John Wayne Murdoch are most likely next week or the week after filming a 
uh, Rejects shoot interview and compilation best of DVD that will be put together by uh, our good friend Oboe. Um, who does all of, if anyone or wrestlers listening to this need any kind of DVD or graphic work done, he's a great dude for it. So uh, lots of new merch coming out, lots of good IWA stuff coming out soon. And thanks for listening. Designs by Hayes on Facebook, fullygimmick.com slash Nick dash Manawa for my shirts. And uh, we will see you next time. See, we will talk to you next time here on the BNMVS. Welcome to Time Killer Apparel, an all-new apparel line featuring shirts, hats, and adding more by the day to spice up your attire. Have you ever felt like a nice guy and maybe the world isn't just giving back to you because karma is a cunt? Now you can buy a shirt that says karma is a cunt. Go to TimeKillerApparel.com for more and check out Time Killer Apparel on Instagram and Facebook at Time Killer Apparel. The fight for change has just begun and because you listen to this podcast, use the code IWA for 10% off your entire order. Again, that's TimeKillerApparel.com.